We are on Yevamos 70b Ayin Amavez, and we are continuing our discussion. Uh, the Gemara, in the last recording, uh, was trying to bring a proof to the idea that an RL, somebody who is not circumcised, is not allowed to eat truma. They're not allowed to eat truma, the special food that is given to the Kohanim. And there were two different sources. There was, dis- there was a dispute as to what is the source for this idea. It is not found explicitly in the Torah. So one source is from an extra word within the context of Truma. That was Rabbi Akiva. The other source was Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer learns this halacha, learns this law at, from a Gezer Shava, from two words, Toshav Asachir, two words that are found uh, both by Pesach and by Truma. And so therefore we could apply the laws from Pesach to Truma. Just like when it comes to Pesach, uh, somebody who's not circumcised is not allowed to eat from the Pesach offering. So too, when it comes to truma, you cannot eat, you cannot eat from the Pesach from the truma unless you are circumcised. So the Gemara now is going to say, well, there's other laws that are unique to Pesach. There are certain limitations that apply to Pesach. Why don't we extend that as well? Why don't we also extend that to truma as well? And the Gemara will essentially discuss two different examples in this recording. So the Gemara says. Ima Pesach onin truma onin I understand. It says by Pesach we say not just somebody who is not circumcised, but also somebody who's in the middle of their aninos. What is aninos? Aninos means it's the time period between the death of an immediate relative and the burial. During that time, there's a discussion what that time period is on a biblical level. It could be that <laughs> it's just the day of the day of the death, even if the burial takes place on a different day. Um, it could be limited to the day of. But essentially, there are various laws that apply during this time period. One of the laws is that the, such a person cannot eat from the Pesach offering. If they had a, an immediate relative who passed away, and they didn't have time to bury the the mace, the deceased, uh, before the time to eat the Kerm Pesach, they are not allowed to eat from the Pesach offering. So maybe we should also say, based on this Xer Shava, based on this connection to Kerm Pesach, to the Pesach offering, when it comes to Truma as well, just like we learned out that if you need to be circumcised, maybe also somebody who's an onin, somebody who's during this time period between death and burial, is not allowed to eat from the truma. Where it says, no. Amar of Yossi bar Chanina, Amar Aninos. There's a special drasha. There's a special drasha that tells us in the verse uh, that there's a, that it's there to teach us. The, the verse says, <coughs> in the context of truma, only somebody who's not a Kohen is not allowed to eat truma. Implication that other people are allowed to eat truma. Who? What is that coming to include? That's coming to include somebody who's an Onain. Somebody who uh, is in the middle from after the point in time after the death until the burial. And that's who's coming to include to say they are allowed to eat truma. Samara says, Aim of Allah realis. So we have two drushas. One drasha is coming to tell, to exclude. One one. Drusha, one way of deriving the law, is coming to include. By Pesach, is coming to exclude. By uh, Truma itself, is coming to include. So how do we know that we're excluding somebody who's not circumcised, but, and we're including somebody who's an Onin? Maybe it's the opposite. Haksiv Toshev Esocher. Rice. By When it comes to somebody who's not circumcised, we have the Gzair Shava. We have the connection to Pesach, but maybe we should flip the two. So the says... As follows, Mistavra Arilas If we had to pick between the two, we would say the limitation is on somebody who's not circumcised. Why? 
Shekane, because it has the following, uh, it has a it has more of a reason to exclude it because it, it's it's uh, it's more of a psul, more of a disqualification when it comes to uh, somebody who's not circumcised. Why? Various laws apply to it. First of all, Maisa. First of all, uh, you're missing. Uh, all you're doing is you're missing an action, an action of, of doing a circumcision of a bris milah, and so that that idea, the fact that you're missing an action. Uh, reflects on um, the disqualification that exists on, on how serious of a disqualification it is. You're missing an action. You're missing a whole action. Furthermore, it's something that is part of your body. It, you have to do circumcision on your body itself. As opposed to Aninos. As opposed to Aninos has nothing to do with your body. Furthermore, the punishment for not having a circumcision is very severe. It's karis. It's an early death. Furthermore, Additionally, it uh, the mitzvah of bris milah circumcision already pre-existed Mount Sinai, pre-existed the receiving of the Torah. It existed from Avram, and so that shows how important of a mitzvah it is. And finally, And furthermore, when it comes to the Pesach offering, not only do you have to have a bris milah, you have to have a circumcision, but in order for you to eat from the Pesach offering, you have to make sure that your children have a circumcision. You have to make sure that your non-Jewish slaves have a circumcision. You are responsible to make sure all those other people also have a circumcision. So it shows how much, uh, how important it is to have a circumcision. And so therefore, if we had to pick between the two, we would say, if you didn't have a circumcision, so therefore you're disqualified from truma, as opposed to aninos, as opposed to being in that state from burial to, uh, from death to burial. Where it says, no, adraba, we should say the opposite. Aninos have a little bouye, but aninos, the concept of being an onen, there's also uh, also comes with it. Uh, it is it, also a, a disqualification that we should consider. Why? First of all, it could happen more than once. Unfortunately, when it comes to bris milah, you have the circumcision, you're done, you're good to go for the rest of your life. Aninos, it could be <coughs> unfortunately many times, depending on how many family members you have. Uh, you could be an onin for many times in your life. It doesn't just happen once. Unfortunately. Uh, furthermore, Vinohegis Banashim Vinashim. Also, it applies both to men and women. Bris Mila is limited only to men. This applies both to men and women. And Ve'im Biyadul Atmo. And also, there's no way to get rid of it. The day of the death, that is when you are an Onin. There's no way to get rid of it when it comes to Bris Mila, circumcision. So, get a circumcision, and that's how you get rid of the RL from that disqualification. When it comes to an Onin, the day of the death, that is when you are an Onin. So there are also uh, various uh, um, reasons to, for us to say that we should exclude somebody who is an onin. So why do we pick? Essentially, the Gemara is asking, why do we pick uh, somebody who is not circumcised versus somebody who is an onin to say they are disqualified from eating truma? So the Gemara will give two answers. Number one is Hanach Nafishan. First of all, if we count the list of uh, characteristics that are associated with an RL, somebody who's not circumcised, and why it's more important versus Onain, the numbers, if you play a number game, there are more uh, connections to Aurelis, to being an RL, somebody who's not circumcised, to show how it's on, on a higher status, how it's uh, more important. That's number one. Number two, Rava Amar, Rava says, Below Amrit. Uh, 
The Pesach Gufe, Mimaiser Gamrinon. Rabbi says, forget about the number game. Even without the number game, uh, we're learning from Korban Pesach. We have Xerah Shava. We are applying the laws of Pesach to the laws of Truma. If you look at the laws of Pesach, in the Torah itself, it discusses, in the Torah itself, in the verse itself, it discusses the fact that you're disqualified if you're not circumcised. The idea that you're disqualified because you're an Onin, because you're in the middle, during the time period between death and burial, that is not found explicitly in the Torah in the context of Pesach. That itself is learnt out from its own drasha, from its own way of figuring out the law from Miser. It's not found by carbon Pesach, by the Pesach offering. We know the law applies to the Pesach offering because it's it's also deduced and, and uh, learnt out from a separate area of halacha from Miser. So if we're going to pick something to learn to Truma, we'll pick that which is explicitly found in the verse itself. So what is explicitly found in the verse itself? RL. RL, the fact that you, that you need to be circumcised. So therefore, if we had to pick what will be the limitation, what are we going to learn from carbon Pesach, from the Pesach offering, we'll learn that if you're not circumcised, you cannot eat Truma. But if you are in the middle of Aninus, if you're in the middle of being an Onain, the time from death to burial, you are in fact allowed to eat Truma. You cannot eat from the Pesach offering, but you can eat Truma. The Gemara now has a new suggestion of what we can learn from Pesach to Truma. So far we've learned just RL, somebody who's not circumcised. They're not allowed to, just like they can have the Pesach offering, so too they cannot eat Truma. The Gemara now says, Ah, oh, ima Pesach mila zachar af Truma mila zachar That just like when it comes to the Pesach offering, not only do you have to be circumcised, but also, as we pointed out a minute ago, you have to make sure that your children and your non-Jewish slaves are circumcised. And if they're not, so then you cannot eat from the Pesach offering. So maybe when it comes to Truma as well, it's not enough for you to be circumcised. But you also have to make sure that your children are circumcised and your non-Jewish slaves are circumcised. How do we know that that's not the case? The Gemara says, no. Amar ka umalsa oso az yochabo. Mila zachar v'avadav makhavis bo milachal pesach ve mila zachar v'avadav makhavis petruma. In the context of the Pesach offering, the verse says, um also, also, you have to do a circumcision on him, meaning on the non-Jewish slave, and then you're able to eat from the Pesach offering. And so the Gemara, the Torah Shabbat Peh, of the oral law teaches that it says specifically, you once you do the circumcision on your slave, then you are allowed to eat from it, from the Pesach offering. It's, a, it's, it's necessary, it's a prerequisite for you to do a circumcision on your non-Jewish slaves. Then you can eat from the Pesach offering. As opposed to truma, as opposed to truma, that you're allowed, that then you're allowed to eat the pesach offering. When it comes to truma, it's not necessary. You don't have to do circumcision for your uh, for your for on your non-Jewish slave in order to eat truma. The Gemara then says, "Ah, oh, If we're going to make such a drasha, if that's how we're going to uh, explain the verse, we also have another verse by the pesach offering. Ema kol arelo yochalbo. The verse says that if you're not circumcised. Then you are not allowed to eat from the Pesach offering. Why don't we say as follows? If you're not circumcised, you're not allowed to eat from it, from the Pesach offering. But you are allowed to eat from Truma. Why don't we say that? But you're allowed to eat from Truma. Let us uproot the, the whole Xerushava. The Gemara says, no, Haksiv Toshavasachir. Can't do that because we have Xerushava to teach us something. There is some law that's connected between Truma and Pesach. It's true. Uh, there's a law that differentiates between Pesach and Truma because it says Bo, then you can eat it, the Pesach offering, that there's a certain limitation that applies to Pesach and not to Truma. 
But the Xer But the Xer Shava also teaches us that there's something that we do connect between Pesach and Truma. So the Gemara now asks as follows a fascinating question. Umar Rayas. The Gemara asks a fascinating question. Well, how do we know? How do we know what? How do we know? So we have the Xerishava, the connection between Pesach and Truma, to teach us there's a certain law that applies to Pesach that also applies to Truma. We also have in the verse that something that tells us that that there's something that applies to Pesach that only applies to Pesach and not to Truma. There's a certain limitation to Pesach that does not apply to Truma. And we have two different laws. One is the fact that you have to be circumcised. There's another law that you're, you have to make sure that your children are circumcised in order to eat from the Pesach offering, or that your slaves, your non-Jewish slaves are circumcised. The Gemara says, how do we know which one we're going to apply to Truma? How do we know which we're going to, what we're going to apply to Truma? Until now, we've been assuming, which one do we apply to Truma? The fact that you have to be circumcised. You have to go ahead and make sure you're circumcised in order to eat from Truma, from the special food for the Kohanim. Maybe. It's not that you have to be circumcised. You don't have to be circumcised. But you have to make sure your children are circumcised. You have to make sure your children are circumcised in order for you to eat truma. What, what, what kind of... Why would the Gemara make such a, such a suggestion? In order for you to eat truma, you don't have to be circumcised, but your kids have to be circumcised? So this is a big discussion, but just one explanation given by the Ritva. The Ritva explains because maybe this is on a Torah level, this is like some sort of fine. Because for you yourself... You'll make sure to do a bris milah. You'll make sure to have a circumcision. It's a very important mitzvah. You'll make sure to have a circumcision. But we're not sure. Are you actually going to be responsible and actually circumcise your own child or your own non-Jewish slave? That is already not you. That's somebody else. So the Torah says, we're going to put a fine. We're going to put a fine and say, you know what? In order for you to eat truma, you have to make sure that your child is circumcised. You don't have to be circumcised and you don't in order to eat truma. Because we'll make sure. You'll do it eventually. Your child, that we're not sure about. Maybe you won't circumcise your child. And so therefore, we're going to put a fine on you. Maybe, asks the Gemara. Maybe we should put a fine on you and say, you know what? In order for you to eat truma, you don't have to be circumcised, but your children do. Because it's, uh, it's uh, maybe you'll forget to circumcise your own child. So this is, will be rejected, but this is what the Gemara entertains as a possibility. The Gemara says no. Two answers again. Just like we had earlier, two answers. Here, we also have two answers. <coughs> First of all, it makes sense to uh, what we connect from Pesach to Truma. The limitation applies to your own circumcision, that you need a circumcision. Why? Two things. Number one, it applies to your own body. Number two, the punishment is kares, is an early death. If you don't have a circumcision, that's an early death. If you don't do circumcision to your own child, you don't get uh, kares. The father doesn't get uh Kares and early death, but if you don't have your own circumcision, if the father doesn't circumcise himself, so then it leads to an early death. So number one is that it's your own body. Number two is that it has a very severe punishment. Uh, what about the flip side? Uh, what about when it comes to making sure that your uh, that your children and that your slave has circumcision? When it comes to your children and when it comes to non-Jewish slave, there's no end game. There potentially is no end game. Because when it comes to your own circumcision, have a circumcision and then you fulfill the mitzvah. But when it comes to your children and your non-Jewish slaves, depending on how many children you have, depending on how many non-Jewish slaves you have, you'll the mitzvah will come back. The mitzvah will constantly come back. Uh, you'll never know when it ends. Uh, you you bring in another non-Jewish slave, you have the mitzvah comes back. So that's that's another reason. So the more answers, first of all, the same answer that we gave earlier. First of all, Hanach Lafisha. Number one... If you play the numbers game, there are two issues when it comes to your own circumcision, i.e. 
it's your own body. And number two is that it has a severe punishment associated with it, as opposed to one, which only applies to uh, doing the circumcision on your children or your non-Jewish slaves, which is the fact that uh, it could constantly come up again. So two versus one, we'll pick the two. The two is your own circumcision. So therefore, the limitation that we'll learn from Pesach to Truma is about your own circumcision and not about the circumcision for your own children or the non-Jewish slave. That's point one. Point two is the, the answer to the Gemara, the second answer to the Gemara is to say, is it really possible to entertain such an idea? To say that when it comes to Truma, again, by the Pesach offering, you need both. You need to be circumcised, and you have to make sure that your children and your non-Jewish slaves are circumcised. The Gemara wanted to suggest that when it comes to Truma, in order to eat Truma, you don't have to be circumcised, but your children have to be circumcised? Who would entertain such a possibility? Is it really possible to say that there's a requirement for your children to be circumcised, but not you? It happens to be that we, we explained, according to the Ritzvah, what the Gemara was thinking originally. But the Gemara, in its conclusion, is saying it's impossible to say such a thing. It's impossible. If we require your children to be circumcised, then certainly you also have to be circumcised. And so the Gemara concludes that if we're going to learn, if there's going to be one law that we're going to learn from Pesach to Truma, that we're going to say that there's a limitation by Pesach, that there's also a limitation by Truma, it'll be the fact that you have to be circumcised. The fact that you have to circumcise your children? That only applies to Pesach. That's a limitation that is unique to Pesach, which will not apply to Truma. So in the end of the day, the limitation that we apply from Pesach to Truma is the limitation of the fact that you have to be circumcised. Uh, the limitation of Onain, of being an Onain, the fact that an Onain, somebody who is in the time period between the death and burial of a close relative, they're not allowed to eat from the Pesach offering, but they are allowed to eat from Truma. And similarly, the, the law, <coughs> excuse me, that your non-Jewish slaves and your children also have to be circumcised in order for you to eat the carbon Pesach, the Pesach offering, that is unique to the Pesach offering. By Truma, no. All that's necessary is for you to be circumcised in order for you to eat Truma, the special food that's given to uh, the Kohen. We'll see, as we go on in the Gemara, we'll see that there's a discussion with regards to this law that you have to be circumcised and your children have to be circumcised. Is it the same nature about you being circumcised? Or is it different? Is it... Is it fundamentally different the obligation for you to be circumcised versus your children when it comes to the Pesach offering that's just something which will come up on the next stop on the next page okay this concludes this stuff and we'll continue next week with the next stuff's uh, recording